only two days away from Boston College and Pitt facing off in Pittsburgh. On today's show, we're going to have Noah Hiles of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joining us to talk about the Panthers and look at this matchup between two former Big, Big East foes. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, folks, and welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If you have team wins, visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Now, we are very fortunate today to have a special guest to talk about the Pitt game. We're only 48 hours away from kickoff. It's a big game for both programs. Pitts at two and eight. Boston College is sitting at six and four after getting thrashed by Virginia Tech this last week. And we are going to be joined by Noah Hiles of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Noah, how's it going? Hey guys, uh, glad to be on. I'm I'm doing well. How are you? Very good. Doing well as well. All right, Mitch, you're up. All right. Um, so obviously, no. When when the schedule came out, a lot of BC fans circled this game because they saw it as a rematch with not only off pit offense coordinator Frank Signetti, but also quarterback Phil Dracovic. But at this point in the season, Dracovic is no longer the starter, and Pitt could be going with a third quarterback after Christian, I believe it's Veyer, was yeah. benched last week in Syracuse. Yeah. Um, it's it's unknown who's going to be the starter Thursday. Uh. Pat Narduzzi obviously keeps these things pretty close to his vest. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they went with a new starter, um, but we'll, we'll have to wait till game time to find out. And But on the note of Dracovic, I do want to say, I think we will see him, just not at quarterback. Uh, I, I reported early October that he made the move to tight end. We've talked to uh, Narduzzi and Signetti about that throughout the season and Pitt's tight end room is going to be pretty thin for this game. I wouldn't be shocked to see him get some snaps at tight end, uh, you know, against his old team, which I think will be pretty crazy to watch. Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of BC fans have a uh, very strong feelings about Phil Dracovic. Um, so the other starter, the other quarterback, I believe his name is Nate Yarnell. Yes. And can you tell us a little bit about him in case he is the guy that gets the nod as the starter? Yeah. Nate Yarnell. Um, he's, the most tenured quarterback in this program right now, where if you look at the other guys, Christian Veyer and Phil Dracovic, both obviously came in here through the transfer portal last year uh, and, and Ty Diefenbach's a true freshman. Nate Yarnell has been at Pitt for three seasons now, a redshirt sophomore. He started one game last year against Western Michigan uh, when Pitt's top two quarterbacks on the depth chart were injured in week two against Tennessee. And in his lone start, he was good. He was 9 of 12, I believe 175 passing yards. Don't quote me on that. Uh, and a touchdown, no interceptions, and led Pitt to a road win in Kalamazoo over a not great Western Michigan team, but he did enough to get the job done. He saw some backup time as well in the Sun Bowl, and then he's played in two of Pitt's last three games in the fourth quarter against Notre Dame and uh, Syracuse. Uh, this is a guy that Pitt fans really like. Um, I think it's natural to be a popular guy when you're the backup quarterback on a two and eight team with the worst ranked offense in the ACC, but he showed a little bit of promise and, and against Western Michigan last year. And as silly as that sounds, 
Pitt more often than not has been a game manager away from being a competitive team. I, th- I think if they had a quarterback that was a little bit more of a game manager last year, they would have been a, even better than a nine win team. And if I think they had a quarterback that, you know, didn't throw three interceptions against West Virginia or a, someone who could complete passes more consistently against teams like Cincinnati and Virginia tech, this team would be a lot better than, than it is now at two and eight. So this is something if he does get the start that pit fans, some, a, a, a large fraction of pit fans um, have been rooting for. And it'll be interesting to see if he gets his opportunity. Don't you worry. We are all too familiar with the roller coaster ride. That is Phil Dracovic yeah. as your starting quarterback. Um, <laughs> so to kind of draw another parallel from when I was watching pit games and kind of looking at their stats and their snaps, it seems like Pitt has had a lot of injuries and just a lot of different bodies playing along the offensive line. Is that injuries or is it level of play or, you know, I know they haven't had a lot of consistency in terms of starting combinations there this year. It's been both. Um, before the season started, they lost their starting left guard, Ryan Jacoby, who was going to be a big time player for them this year. Uh, Matt Consalvis, who was a preseason all ACC left tackle. He'll be a guy that likely goes to the NFL this upcoming season. Um, he had his season end, I believe, in the West Virginia game. So before the ACC season really even started, they lost him. Jake Cradle, another key guy on this offensive line, missed significant time this season due uh, to an undisclosed injury. Um, and yeah, so you, you, you figure right there, that, those are three seniors up front that you had sharpied in to be your center and then your left guard and left tackle. And Pitt has been without them for the majority of its season. And then you look at the other guys that have been plugged in. A lot of them are young. You have Terrence Moore, a redshirt sophomore, first-year starter starting at center right now. You have Ryan Bayer, a redshirt freshman, playing at either left tackle or right tackle, depending on who's healthy. You have B.J. Williams, a true freshman, who's played at both guard spots this season and started multiple games. So it's a young line. I believe in 10 games they've had eight different offensive line starting combinations and with that lack of continuity is going to come growing pains. It's going to come mistakes. And uh, you've seen plenty of that up front from Pitt. So to draw it back to another connection to BC with Frank Signetti, um, obviously people at BC got kind of tired of his offense after two years. And I know there's been some frustrations with him among Pitt fans. Um, is this an issue where there just isn't enough talent on the team uh, or the scheme is just that bad or some combination of both. <laughs> uh, there's talent. Um, I'm not sure how longer the talent will be around, uh, but there's talent. Uh, I, I think they're, the wide receiver room is, is has some guys. Um, mm-hmm. It's just the challenge of getting them the football. And, and the same thing can be said for the tight end room. I, I think that Pitt has one of the more underrated tight ends in the country in Gavin Bartholomew. You would just never know because they don't throw him the football. But when you get the ball in his hands, he makes plays. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a rough year for Frank and quite frankly, no pun intended there. Uh, I, I don't expect him to be back. I've, I've heard that from multiple people. Um, and that's just going to be the reality when again, your offense ranks near the bottom of every statistical category in the ACC. Um, there's just been an inability to get the ball into the hands of playmakers, uh, no matter what they really try, there's been some questionable play calling and especially in situations like third down. And 
there's just been a lot of confusion. I, I wrote about this leading into last week's game. I don't know the updated number, but before Pitt played Syracuse, uh, its offense had committed, I believe, 43 penalties, and 76% of those penalties occurred before the snap. So there wow. was 26 false starts, seven delay of games. That just means they don't really feel comfortable in what they're doing. And as a coaching staff, you need to figure out a way to make things a little bit more easy to understand. And that just hasn't been the case this year. It's 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 been a, a mess, to, to put it lightly. All right, we're going to continue our conversation with Noah in just a moment. But passion, drive, and patience, what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride to die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only exclusions apply. eBay guarantee fit only available to us customers. All right, folks, this is AJ black editor and publisher of two, four sevens Eagle insider here with staff writer, Mitch Wolf and Noah Hiles of the Pittsburgh post Gazette. And we're talking about pit and, I'm going to let um, Mitch continue. Folks, you guys heard me on yesterday's episode. I'm, I'm losing my voice, so Mitch is going to kind of run a lot of this. So, Mitch, go ahead. Okay, so we'll switch over to the defense, which we obviously know is Pat Narduzzi's baby. I mean, the man is probably – I think he could give Kirk Ferentz a run for his money in terms of how much he hates offense. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Pitt is obviously known for their defense. Narduzzi has this very aggressive – press quarters defense and this year it's still good but just obviously the results of the season haven't borne out um and some of that's luck some of that's just you know the the, this is very similar to what bc went through last year where the offense just couldn't hold on to the ball couldn't score points and kept giving the ball away in very bad field position the defense is nothing they can really do about it um but it seems like for Pitt this year they don't really have that big name or game-changing player. And, you know, years past, you guys like Kalijah Kansi, Servasia Dennis. Uh, the secondary has some good players, but I would still say, like, going back to when it was DeMar Hamlin, Dane Jackson, and kind of that group of guys, it was better and more high-profile. So is that kind of what's been the problem, or is there something else that's been going on with why Pitt is struggling on defense? No, that's that's exactly the problem. I mean, I'll start with what you, what you began with uh, there. Time of possession is a huge issue with this team. Um, its offense is hardly ever on the field. It goes three and out a lot. It turns the ball over a lot. And that wears down a defense. And you, you see that. You, you see that sometimes later in games, this team's defense, which does a really good job, and pretty much every game Pitt's played this year, aside from Notre Dame, um, the Panthers' defense has given this team a chance to win. But the offense doesn't capitalize. And you know, it, it, it eventually the, the house of cards comes tumbling down. So, yeah, I, I think the offense has made this defense a lot worse than what it should be. There is still a lot to like. And the, and the second thing you mentioned there, Mitchell, I totally agree with. There's just no superstar on this defense yet. I think there are a lot of young players that in a couple of years, they might be in the same breath as a Kalijah Kansi, as a Damar Hamlin, or a Servasier Dennis, or someone along those lines. It's just... Those young guys are still developing. The players that were supposed to be stars this season, 
for one reason or another haven't panned out. Guys that were circled like Dayon Hayes or Bengali Kamara or Javon McIntyre. Um, none of them have really had the seasons that a lot of people envision them having for health or just not being able to produce at a high level. And there are still talented players, though. I, I, I circle the cornerback room as still a very underrated room. MJ Devonshire is a really dangerous player that opponents should be aware of. Marquez Williams is like a five-year starter, uh, as consistent as it gets in the ACC at the opposite yeah, I'm end. I'm pretty of sure corner. he played against. I'm pretty sure he played against BC when they played yeah. in 2020. <laughs> Just crazy yeah. how long he, it he's was. been. He's been here forever. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he found a way to come back here for a seventh year. If he had the opportunity, he's just a guy that Pat Narduzzi loves. Um, but yeah, there it's, it's like you said, I think you said it best. It's, it's a still a very good defense. It's just to pit standards. It's nowhere near what it normally is. There's the, this, the pass rush isn't there. They don't stop the run as well. The secondary is decent, but overall it's just a down year on defense paired with the worst year possible on offense, which is how you get the two and eight. So the the other thing about the defense that I've noticed is, and I mentioned this attacking press quarters style of defense, but I looked up some of the numbers and it seems like Narduzzi is actually transitioning and adding some more wrinkles into it. So I looked it up. And so in the first uh, five games, Pitt ran quarters on cover four on 59.6% of their snaps. In the last four games, that number has dipped down to 44.1%. Now, I think it's still the most of any coverage they use, but I'm seeing a lot more cover three, cover one, single high coverage shells. Um, could you, I mean, if, if you've also seen that, could you kind of explain like if there's been an, a player that's changed, that's been the reason for that or an, a specific coaching impetus behind that change? No, I, honestly, I haven't noticed it to that great of a extent. That's really interesting that you pointed that out. But I think when, when you point out the the sample size for that, I think it goes to show, or I think it says something about the opponent. If you look, aside from Syracuse, this these last couple of games that Pitt has played, it's been a gauntlet. They, since the bye week, they, it played Louisville, and then it had Wake Forest, which wasn't that big of a challenge, even though it lost somehow. Game, game you guys should have won. <laughs> yeah, but then um, – and then it went to Notre Dame and then played Florida State at home. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's – those are three really good teams out of four right there. So that would probably explain the schematic change. You know, those are three teams that have explosive players on the offensive side of the ball. You know, two really good quarterbacks there with with Hartman and and um, drawing a blank on the Travis. Yeah, Jordan Travis. Yeah. So that that would probably explain a little bit. I don't know why you would carry that scheme over into Syracuse, and perhaps that's why a tight end ran for 147 yards against them last week. But hey, that's yeah. That's that. <laughs> so, with that in mind, you know, I was I'm, I was watching the Syracuse game right before we started recording, and you know they deploy this kind of wildcat scheme where they have three different players lining up as the quarterback, and uh, it's very like like I said, like the wildcat, and it made me think. You know, BC's offense is very quarterback run heavy. They use a lot of similar schemes to what Syracuse used, granted with a much smaller but possibly more elusive quarterback um, and a very good offensive line. And I have noticed that Pitt generally this season has done a pretty job defending the run up until this past week. So is that something that you would think BC would be able to do well continuing on into playing Pitt this week? Yeah, I think so. I just think what what BC has under center and how versatile of a threat Castellanos can be 
Um, that's kind of a nightmare for what Pitt is looking to defend right now, just based off of, like I said, the fact that a wildcat destroyed this team last week. It, it couldn't be stopped. Um, and while I, I will say that Narduzzi's teams typically don't get beat on the same thing two weeks in a row, this year's an anomaly. Like not, nothing, nothing about Pat Narduzzi. And say what you want about Pat Narduzzi. Prior to this year, it has been very consistent. Mm-hmm. It's it's been a lot of winning seasons. It's been a lot of normally eight win seasons, but they win more than they lose, and they typically play to the level of the competition they face. So you could always bank on this team bouncing back after a loss, stopping the run, getting after the passer, being able to run the football. You can't really count on this team to do anything this year. So I don't know if they'll learn from them their mistakes. Um, they seem pretty underprepared against Syracuse. Narduzzi even admitted this much. But after what happened against the Orange and knowing what Boston College's strengths are, you would hope that Pitt would have a pretty good idea or a pretty good plan when it comes to stopping uh, – some some zone runs by a quarterback all right in a moment we're gonna wrap things up with noah talking about some final thoughts about thursday's game you're not gonna want to miss that we'll be back in just a moment right now new customers can get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins the app is so easy to use you just go onto the site find your spread so looking at Kansas minus seven and a half in basketball against Kentucky or Iowa plus 11 and a half against Creighton. If you're thinking about some basketball bets, you can always head over to FanDuel. So check them out. It's easy to use. Money is transferred almost immediately. So you get your cash when you win and they have great deals. It's so easy to find the spreads and and the betting action that you're looking for. So make sure you go visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. This is Locked on BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. We're wrapping things up. Just a quick little note. We'll be back again tomorrow with Mitch. We're going to give our game preview uh, and predictions first Thursday's game. And then we'll be back after the the game itself. So if you want to go hear us go live right after, make sure you have our podcast liked and subscribed on YouTube. It's the only way you're going to find it when it goes live. All right, Mitch, you want to wrap things up? Sure. Um, no, do you have any questions for us about BC football that we can help you answer? <laughs> um. Not really. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. This has just been a nightmare of a season to cover <laughs> for Pitt. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like I kind of have a pretty good idea of what's coming for, for, for the Panthers Thursday. We, we both, we both feel you. We just came from a three and nine season last year where yeah. nothing was happening. So <laughs> right. yeah, really. I mean, honestly, the, the narrative of what I've seen from Pitt this year is it's almost following what BC went through last year. Exactly. Right down to like just the, offensive line injuries and just having to start like freshmen and guys who just don't know what they're doing. And I mean, the, the defense kind of falling off is still surprising to me. Um, yeah. One other thing I'm kind of interested about this team is they seem to, uh, you mentioned on offense, a lot of pre-snap penalties. There also seem to be a lot of defensive penalties and yes. BC's passing game has been, I'll say anemic um, mm-hmm. this year with, even with Castellanos kind of adding this extra dimension to the passing game. Um, and I'm wondering, like, like how? Or I'm wondering if you think that that's something that BC should be trying to attack, or is that something that can, that can be relied upon in terms of Pitt kind of consistently committing those penalties, or is, was that kind of just a, a few few games where it just got really got bad? Well, I'll say this: I think in Pat Narduzzi's defense, you're going to have that 
when mm-hmm. when guys are playing so aggressive, you're gonna have holding pass interference, even a couple of roughing the passers. That's just kind of the st- that's just kind of something that comes along with the style of play that they have. Um, but yeah, it, it has been a little bit more egregious this year. Um, I, I wrote about and like I said on my penalty study I did, and I haven't updated it prior to the Syracuse game or after the Syracuse game, but prior to the Syracuse game, um, 13.8% of the penalties or 13.8% of the first downs Pitt has allowed this year are from penalties, which was the highest in the ACC. So yes, it it gives away a lot of free opportunities. And as you know, any foul in the secondary is not something, you know, it's not a little five yard penalty. It's typically 10 to 15 yards. And when your offense is, not good. You can't afford to be making multiple mistakes like that a game. Yeah, I've when I looked at the stats, it's a, I found that Pitt is tied for the sixth most defensive penalties in the FBS, and they have lost the most EPA minus sixteen point five nine to defensive penalties of any team in the FBS. So I was, I saw that I was like, well, that could maybe give BC's passing game something because they've really been inconsistent and then con- uh, committed a lot of turnovers in the passing game. Um, so I guess my final question would be, if Pitt were to win this game. How do you think that would what would be like the most likely path to them winning? Re, re, most most likely realistic path. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give you two answers. One, first way Pitt wins this game: Phil Dracovic starts at quarterback <laughs> and he runs for a hundred, throws for a hundred, and catches for a hundred. Um, it's the ultimate revenge game, and it it will be the best game story I ever write. Now, <laughs> going against the one percent chance that doesn't happen. Um, I'll say if Pitt wins, it's going to win through uh, playing a very conservative, clean football game, something it hasn't been able to do a lot. It'll force mistakes. It'll be a typical Pat Narduzzi victory if Pitt does win. It's, it's gonna, its defense will force mistakes, and the offense will capitalize off of said mistakes. Um, I, I think they're probably going to pound the rock. They're going to run a run a little bit more especially on senior night with the, with a senior running back like Sebo Flemister and some older guys up front. Um, they're good. I, I think they're just going to really pin their ears back and be aggressive on the ground. And it'll be an ugly, low scoring defensive showdown that Pitt wins. I don't know. Like if I had to give a score like 19 to 16 or something like that. I mean, honestly, that's kind of how BC wants to play games too. So that's kind right. of interesting. Um, I think the interesting part about that is, you know, BC's defense has been weird this year because during their winning streak, they were playing very well, getting a lot of turnovers. Um, they had some issues with the run, but I, I thought I, th- I thought it was mostly situational. Um, and then Virginia Tech just absolutely blitzed them and killed them in every way possible. Um, and so going back, it seems like they were successful because they were playing teams that were one-dimensional right. on offense. And based on what you've said and what I've found in my research, it seems like Pitt's offense is like no dimensional no dimensional yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't exist mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah yeah so that'll that'll be kind of interesting to see like if bc breaks out of their mold of how they want to play games because that could play into Pitt's hands or if they just say we we think we can execute in this style of way better than you can and if bc can uh cap force and capitalize on some of those mistakes that Pitt's offense seems to be consistently committing yeah i i i i hear what you're saying um I guess the best way to sum this up, it's not going to be a pretty game. No. And I think you guys will probably win. <laughs> All right. Thank you so Thanks much, Noah. Grace, but, no. it's in, but it's, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Noah, for coming on. Uh, where can hey, you- nope. 
where can oh, people sorry. find you on social media? Yeah, you can follow me on uh, X, whatever it's called now. We, uh, we call at, it Twitter here. Don't okay, worry. Okay, <laughs> I still do. Uh, at underscore Noah Hiles. That's N O A H H I L E S. And you can read all of my work at post gazette.com. All right. Thank you, Noah. And you can follow me on, on Twitter as well at AJ Black 247 and Mitch at Mitchell T. Wolf. We'll be back again tomorrow with our predictions and preview of the game. Again, for Noah and Mitch, this is AJ Black. Thank you all for making us your daily listen every day.